everybody, this is Rich Sports Talk, broadcasting on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, and available for downloads on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Make sure you can reach out to us, richsportstalk at gmail.com, or of course, at the handle at richsportstalk on Twitter. And the basketball world was rocked yesterday by the big trade, and no, it wasn't Anthony Davis, it was the Dallas Mavericks gang, Chris Das Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey Burke, and Courtney Lee from the New York Knicks. Who in return got Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two future first-round picks. Now, this was a trade that was dissected at nauseum yesterday. At first, it was the Knicks got absolutely fleeced and that the Mavericks are building a good young team with Chris Das Porzingis. Now, to be fair, I'm not the biggest fan of Porzingis because he's 7'3", he's breaking down at 22, and hasn't played over 70 games in his career. I'm not as high on him as a lot of people are. But I will give Dallas credit before I go into the story more into this episode about what I want to talk about. But I will give Dallas credit because they are being creative. Dallas understands that they are not a big free agent destination. So they have to get creative on how to get players. And that is through the trademark. And I think this was a very creative way to do that. They have a good young core. And I think it adds a lot of intrigue to their team. And I think this could be a very good nucleus for them going forward. Now, for the New York Knicks, on the surface, people are saying, oh, they had a good deal because people are saying, well, they opened up cap space for two max contracts. They got Dennis Smith Jr., a good young point guard, who they can move potentially, and also two uh, first-round picks they can try to get Anthony Davis with. They can try to do this. They can try to rebuild. I took this trade as something else, personally, and I know poor Zingas decided to that he didn't want to play in New York, and rightfully so, because he can read the writing on the wall about what I'm about to say. And, of course, the Knicks, instead of trying to maybe even get more, because remember the Celtics were going to offer multiple picks, and I do think they got a good package from the Mavericks, it's clear they're trying to dump salary. So the Knicks, when I saw this, I know what the looks like the plan is, is to bring in two max reagents and... All I can say is the Knicks, you better have some inside information that one of these players is definitely coming or else you're going to look foolish again because they've done this countless times, clear cap space for the guy that no one comes and they have to overpay for someone like Joakim Noah who can barely walk up and down the court. So with the Knicks, and for people saying Kevin Durant's coming, he's not coming to New York, I will be shocked. Let me put it this way. Kevin Durant is protected on Golden State because who's the big guy and the leader on the team? It's Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry deals with the media. If Kevin Durant goes to New York and Kevin Durant has all those burner accounts on Twitter and he lashes out on social media, you don't think he's not going to struggle in the New York media where if he misses two shots in the game, they're going to criticize him on talk radio for two days? I mean, come on. But the way I saw this is this could be a big problem for the NBA moving forward. People keep telling me the big problem with the NBA is the dynasties. Oh, the super teams are bad for the league. Well, why are the ratings up? Well, the Golden State Warrior dynasty is bad for basketball and competition. Really? The NBA is built on dynasties. This might not be the dynasty you like, but it's built on dynasties. Don't believe me? When did the league struggle the most and what revived it? Oh, it was the Celtics-Lakers rivalry. Those two were great. No one complained about that. Oh, Michael Jordan, everyone's favorite basketball player. That was a dynasty. Did people complain about the Bulls having a dynasty, winning six rings in eight years? No, no, 
not not really. This league is built on dynasties. The big problem, though, for the NBA is we forget about the middle guy right now. The big storylines are at the top of the league and the bottom of the league. A great example of this is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, despite having almost no draft capital the last decade because of that terrible Boston Celtics trade, They've built a pretty good young roster. They're exciting. They're a pretty good road team. And they're really surprising a lot of people with how good they are. And I really like their core. Do I think they're going to be a title contender? Probably not. But you know what? They got some cap space. They got a good young roster. And to me, they're a more attractive free agent destination now with that young team than the Knicks, who just look like a complete dumpster fire. But the Nets aren't getting talked about. All these middle teams aren't getting talked about. Because what is it that everyone's talking about if you're not a good team? They're talking about the bad teams. And what's that? Tanking. Oh, no, 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 Nolan. The Knicks aren't tanking. Uh, oh, really? We're not even at the All-Star game. They just traded arguably their best asset away. They just traded their best asset and the best. We talk about the Knicks not having a high draft pick and a quality draft pick. And I've been a critic of Porzingis. But he's been the best player they've drafted in 15, 20 years, and they just traded him away. Enos Cantor is arguably one of their best players right now. He's been sitting on the bench. And they can tell you whatever they want, but to me, it's very simple. They are trying to tank. And even the fan base is in this. And I know that Twitter is not the most accurate viewing glass of society but every time i see the knicks take a lead on social media i have a little fun game i basically go on and see what are the fans saying about the knicks taking a lead in a game not winning a game taking a lead and 90 percent of the responses are lose lose tank tank lose lose tank tank this is a big problem for the league because right now, if we're not talking about the great teams, we're talking about teams purposely losing games. You can't tank in other leagues. In the NFL, you cannot tank because it is very difficult to do. It's bigger rosters. There's less games. There's more scrutiny. And more importantly, there's no guaranteed contracts for players. If they see you dogging on the field, you might not get another chance. In the NBA, these contracts are guaranteed, so if they're going to just sit you on the bench, it's like, well, I'm still getting my paycheck. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting cut, so I don't have to worry about it. The NBA has a big problem because we've seen this in recent years, but I don't think we've ever seen this happen, which is a team trading arguably their best asset in an attempt to tank. Because even if Borzingis wasn't on the floor, you don't think that that send a message to that locker room? We're, hey, guys, we're trading our best player in our franchise away. You don't think that demoralizes that team just a little bit? Puts a little bit of a dark cloud over that team and that coaching staff? Tanking is becoming a real problem, and this, to me, kicks off the great tank race for Zion Williamson at Duke. And I will not be shocked if in the next two weeks we see six teams admitting they are full-out tanking. And this is a big issue because the NBA has a problem. Part of the problem is the dynasties on the one end that have devalued the regular season and made the playoffs worth so much. But part of the other reason the regular season is devalued 
is I want to give you this. The Knicks have over 30 games left, and they're trying to lose them. Teams are purposely trying to lose games to get a player. This is not good for the NBA because the NBA wants the regular season to be more meaningful. But when a third of your league could be tanking by the end of February, it loses the intrigue. Part of what the NFL is great is there's always intrigue in games. Even this year, we had a. it was an unusual year because we had more playoff standings, but week 15, 16, the end of the season, the season still mattered. Every game still mattered. The NBA, it feels like after Christmas and after the trade deadline, you know who's going to be in the playoffs. And the NBA has a problem because the mid-market teams and the teams that are in the middle of the pack, like the Brooklyn Nets, they should be getting the headlights. Wow, this is a surprise team. They're doing really good. They should be an interesting watch the rest of the season. Instead, teams are going to be tuning in to see teams trying to purposely lose games. And it's not fair to the fans because the fans are going to go still pay those ticket prices to see that team. And season ticket holders who bought those season tickets at the beginning of the season, what would it be like if you were a season ticket holder? I want you to think about this. For any league, if you made it just a little over halfway through the season and the team decided, hey, guys, no, we don't care about the regular season. We're going to try to lose every game from now on. Regular uh, season ticket holder, you wouldn't be pissed because you paid all that money for those season tickets and then no one's going to want to buy them because the world knows that they're trying to lose games. Tanking is a big problem. It ruins the integrity of basketball. And I know they're trying to adjust the lottery so teams don't purposely tank, but the sad part is tanking in a way has been working for teams. If this works for the Knicks, this is not good for the league. It's good for the league in terms of getting a star player to a market that is starving for a star player in New York and trying to get one of the bedrock fan franchises in the league off the ground with the Knicks. But if this works, the Knicks do get the number one pick. This is not good for the league because it's showing, hey, if we try to lose games, we're going to get rewarded. And I don't think that's a good message to send to franchises. Are we going to start seeing franchises after 30 games start trading away their competent starters and then bring up G-leaguers to play the rest of the season to try to lose games? And look, I know there's no perfect solution out there. I understand that. I know you could try to shore in the season, but owners aren't going to want to do that for the game day revenue. I understand you can try to adjust the lottery, but then if you adjust the lottery, then a good team might get a great player. There's no perfect solution to this, but this trade highlighted something to me that the Knicks, the way, my first thought when I read this trade, and even though I still think the Knicks and both teams, this is one of those trades where both teams benefit, and did the Knicks get pieces they could move potentially in home of cap space? Sure. But to me, it was very simple. They just announced to the world, hey, we got the worst record in the NBA. We're just going to straight out tank the rest of the season. Who cares about these last 30 games? If we get Zion, it doesn't matter. And that's the sad truth about tanking. Because if this works for the Knicks, don't be surprised you see other teams trying to copy this formula. We're seeing this because the Sixers were bad for years. And they finally have two great players to build around for the next 10 years.
The sad part is that tanking has worked for the Sixers. And if it works for the Knicks, who get arguably the best prospect we've seen in probably a decade, you don't think other teams are going to try tanking if there's a great college prospect or two? You don't think they're going to try to tank earlier in the season because we've devalued the regular season? To me, that is the biggest thing I take out of this trade is that the biggest headline from New York, and it's a shame, we're not talking about the Brooklyn Nets, about their youth revival. Have They have a good young nucleus and a fun team to watch. They're a good road team. And they're a team, hey, maybe they could win a playoff series this year and they could be a competitive team and a good destination for a free agent moving forward. And the Nets, maybe in three or four years, they could be one of the better teams in the East if they play their cards right. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But instead, what is the big headline out of New York? If I was to ask a basketball fan on the street, hey, What's the big story in New York? It's not the Nets. Oh, it's the Knicks. We're tanking for Zion. We're trying to lose every game. Do you really think that's healthy for a fan base and for a league where a fan base and an organization is trying to lose every game and if they're winning a game? It's the exact opposite of what sports is supposed to be. Sports is supposed to be competitive. It's supposed to be overcoming adversity. Not giving in to adversity and saying, well, Nothing we can do about it. Let's just uh, ride this out, and hopefully we'll get a great player that can save us. So, look, this is an interesting trade. Both teams, it's a lot of risk. Can Porzingis get healthy and return to form for the Mavericks? And can the Knicks use these draft picks to draft well? And can they get a big free agent with their cash space? It remains to be seen. And more importantly, they could still have the worst record and still not get the number one pick. So there's a lot of factors still in play. But if this works for the Knicks, this is a terrifying thing for the NBA because it will signal to other franchises who might not be great franchises or in the bottom 15 or 10 and saying, look, the Knicks trade away their best players. They sat arguably their best player on the bench. They trade away their future star, and they were rewarded for it because they tanked and they got a great prospect. And now there's no guarantee with the prospect, but – if, Zion, if the Knicks get Zion, and Zion is as good as he can be, and he helps resurrect that franchise, you're going to see a terrifying trend where you're going to see teams trying to tank earlier and earlier to get the star player. There's only so many stars in the NBA. If I was to say, name me franchise quarterbacks in the NFL, you could probably get a solid... 15, maybe 20 with some debate. And I don't think that's healthy for the league. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you think that this is going to be the start of tanking for more teams in the NBA, especially if this works for the Knicks? Would love to hear your comments on the Porzingis trade. Reach out to us, Rich Sports Talk, on Email richsportstalk at gmail.com or on Twitter at the handle at richsportstalk. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us here. I'm Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.